0: Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain and Guests.
1: Welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. This is episode 174.
0: I'm Paul Spain. My name's Ed Hyde. Welcome along, Ed. Very nice. Very very nice to have you here. Good. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Now, uh, tell us where you fit into the the technology and uh, telecommunications ecosystem in New Zealand.
0: Sure. So um, I work for Telecom Digital Ventures, the new growth business unit as part of Telecom New Zealand, or as we're going to be called fairly shortly, Spark. Uh, And I look after uh, half a dozen of their small growth businesses.
1: Great. So what are are those units that you've been involved in so far?
0: So I I look after Skinny, uh, the Wi-Fi business, um, our joint venture initiative between Vodafone, Two Degrees and Paymark around e-commerce and mobile payments. Um, We've launched the new business Curious, which is around big data, and we're working on some stuff in the application space as well.
1: Excellent, great. Well, we'll uh, we'll dive in and have a bit more of a chat about that uh, further along. But let's just uh, let's jump straight into the the news. Uh, now we've had uh, this week the announcement or uh, well, the the launch of Google Now, which has been available on Android smartphones for some time, but that's now available uh, on the Chrome browser through Windows and Mac. Now, are you a, are you a Chrome user at all, there, Ed?
0: I'm a Chrome yeah Chrome user on my laptop yeah. um, and um, a Google Android user Samsung Galaxy user on my device, so I've been using Google now for for a while actually on the device. And what do you find it's most useful for? Um, I think probably the most useful things is just just the basics around weather, um, traffic, you know, time to your next next meeting. I, I do get the the soccer results coming through, but yeah, that, yeah. that's about it really.
1: And uh, do, I mean, is it is it linked up to your email? So it's reading your emails and telling you about your your flights and things like that
0: it is it's not that accurate it doesn't seem to it doesn't seem to sort of fully integrate um I was in, I think I was in San Francisco about probably September October last year, and it, it funnily enough, it was a lot more accurate over there than it is here. So yeah, fun, funny just, that isn't it yeah. when it's in their when
1: it's in their uh, hometown exactly. Uh, a lot of things light up. I mean, that seems to be the case across you know other services as well. Not yeah, not just Google's, but uh, Apple and, and Microsoft. Once you're uh, once you're in their part of the world, they uh, exactly. they seem to do a little bit
0: better. You've got to win in your hometown,
1: haven't you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, they seem to do that. Uh, and uh, now you're a Mac user. We've just just heard that uh, that well, the the rumours are rife that Apple's going to be launching a uh, a twelve inch uh, MacBook, uh, a fanless new uh, new MacBook. Would that be of interest to you? or Do you like the bigger screen? I
0: prefer the bigger screen personally. I've, yeah. I use a uh, I use a iPad as well. So for me, just having some uh, a difference in screen size between the tablet and and the laptop makes sense. I'd, uh, I can't see myself sort of trading trading down in screen size really. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? We've got all these different form factors
1: now, mm. and uh, you tend to you tend to find what are the things that work uh, work well for you. I use I use tablets, um, probably you know more and more um, in certain environments. But sitting doing a podcast, um, it's pretty unusual not to find me with a with a laptop sort of uh, resting resting on my knee. So there's places for uh, uh, for all sorts of gadgets. But when it exactly. does come to laptops, I, I quite like the, the a smaller uh, screen, usually, because you end up with a smaller, lighter device mm-hmm. for when you're travelling and so on. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the nice thing is, there are plenty of options. Now, uh, we're also hearing uh, some rumours about HP that they're uh, that they're moving uh, moving towards the launch of their um, uh, their first 3D printer. Mm-hmm. Does this make sense to you that uh, that HP should be uh, moving into that market? Do you think there's a lot of money to be made in uh, in 3D
0: printing? I think so. I think it's going to be huge. I'm, I'm, you know, we, as part of work, we're not doing a great deal in this space. But personally, I'm, I'm very interested about how things are going to play out. I think the whole, um, whole piece around IP protection. Um, is is going to be really interesting you know you know all of these um, proprietary designs from you know genuinely world leading designers around the world all of a sudden what happens can you you know can you copy those? can someone be printing them out the other the other side of the world or whatever so I think think that 's going to be very interesting I was also um visiting the biz dojo guys on k road a, a few months ago and they've they've got a 3d printer down there and they yep. they've got some whizzy whizzy guys there, uh, running some very s- sort of interesting models off of the 3d printer and still very early days still very basic but i think um you can just see actually the development in that space moving forward massively I, it wouldn't surprise me in five years time that actually there's a bunch of households with 3d printers at home yeah, I think it's
1: certainly becoming more mainstream. I think the Auckland Public Library have, have got one, uh, so it's you know it's not you know, out of reach to use one. Certainly, their prices have sort of come down mm. uh, to the point where people can't you know people can afford to have them in their home. But I think it's still early days in, in terms of the development of them and, and what you can achieve with them. I did see something that was quite cool the other day. Uh, it was a, a video of a uh, the world's first three D printed kayak really <laughs> and uh the uh, the chap had um uh, he sort of custom built a a slightly bigger three d printer than was the norm, and he put the kayak together out of um, hmm I can't remember how many pieces, but it was probably somewhere between um fifteen and th- and thirty wow. um, sections that That he built, and then uh they were done in such a way they could be bolted together and uh and then he put some sort of uh waterproofing sort of sealant around the joints and uh where you go, and where you go and uh yeah, there was a video of him um you know, paddling down a, um a a river. Um, on amazing. his multicoloured <laughs> kayak, it was really cool because each section was <laughs> was was different, was, was wow.
0: different nice bright um, shades. So I was I, I can't remember who it was I was talking to, but we you know they were they were sort of talking about how you know three D printers could really sort of gain scale and that households would have. You know, printers. You know, you, similar to the way the sort of microwaves t- took off. Um, but then thinking about how you might go down to the to the local petrol station and and they have a big scale, large scale 3D printer if you want to print something larger. You know, out sort of the mind boggles really about how things could change.
1: Well, it, I mean, it does, and you you think as you talked about you know various uh, designs and and certain uh, you know. Objects, you can pay you know a lot of money to get something that you really like the design of. But if those those things will ultimately, uh, as you, as you're suggesting, sort of end up online in such a way that mm. you could print out a cool new design or something or other uh, yourself, it's um, it's mm. going to be yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what business is built around the technologies, but also what the impact is, as we've seen an impact on. Uh, um, probably our music more than anything in terms of Absolutely. the way that that's you know distributed electronically now, and uh, you know artists who have have changed how they. How they make their money in music is much more now around doing the live shows and so on, exactly. rather than around uh, actually, you know, selling selling CDs at their shows or, or uh, you know, selling selling um, yeah physical media as they did in the past.
0: Exactly. The, you know, the other thing that's really exciting um, from from my perspective is all of a sudden it takes it levels the playing fields around scale efficiencies. You know, so you know the the cost of producing a small limited run of maybe you know half a dozen or a dozen units you know all of a sudden that the the cost of actually doing that comes down significantly and you know so that will really um you know promote small creative entities um working at small scale but actually producing some really interesting stuff um you know and and i think good for new zealand you know if you if you sort of think about competing with large scale production facilities in in asia or or the states or whatever actually that becomes, that starts to become less of an issue in certain you know in certain Absolutely, areas. Absolutely, yeah,
1: yeah. I think it is quite exciting from that uh, that perspective. Um, I was talking actually talking to my brother um, recently, and uh, he works in in a New Zealand business that's um, that that's um, expanding globally. They're called Clip and Climb. They've got a, a climbing wall in Auckland, but they've okay. got them uh, all around the world, and you know they've created some quite innovative uh, yeah, technology and and. And designs and uh, the you know the concept is is now in in UK and Europe and uh, Canada and, and and Asia and so on and uh, yeah they they rely quite heavily now on um, on on a you know 3D I'm not sure if it's a 3D printer I think it's more a um, uh, you know a machine that sort of cuts down okay, you know yep. metal um, I've
0: forgotten the term for uh, for for that type of machine computer aided design or or the um I can't. I can't. Yeah. Think of the word. Yeah. Yeah. But
1: but you know, effectively, uh, you know getting a similar a similar type of result, yeah. and uh, you know that that's been a really uh, a really essential tool in in what they do, and yeah, you know, you, you're certainly right in terms of um, not having to fire stuff off to uh, um, to big manufacturing countries, and mm-hmm. uh, especially for doing small run and prototypes, there's, there's exactly. all sorts of opportunities. Yeah. So yeah, that's exciting. Uh now um 2 degrees they are um, we hear that they're they are uh, about to uh kick off uh trials of um of an LTE network a 4G network mm-hmm. um so that will uh want, once they launch that means i guess all our all our networks here in New Zealand are uh, are in the four G world now. I guess they it's are. going to take them a little while to, uh, uh, you know, to get that rolled out, and uh, lots yeah. of competition between exactly. uh, uh, you guys at Telecom and and uh, and the guys at Vodafone over the over the last it, year in terms of getting your networks out there it, and so exactly. on.
0: Exactly, and a, and a subject dear to my heart. My my previous role before this one was uh, heading up mobile product for, for Telecom. So the the four G the four G upgrade was one of my one of my babies. <laughs>
1: Cool. Well, so I mean, I'm just curious how do how do you use um, 4G? How do you take advantage of it uh, now? Now that it's it's here, uh, you know, it's becoming more and more accessible. Certainly, um, you know, here in Auckland, um, yeah. the the coverage has been very very good. Actually, I mean, my my experience um, when I was last. Uh, Um, sort of doing a comparison a few months ago was you know you probably had the better coverage around Auckland at at that stage Um, I think Vodafone had pushed out to some other locations to sort of you know nationally give them a bit more Um, but yeah how, how how are you using it sort of day to day has it changed much for you Oh look! Compared I, I think, to you know where we were with three G, you having I, that extra speed
0: boost. I think it has. I mean, I, I'm I'm um, a bit geeky in that respect. That I'm I'm still regularly doing speed tests and 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 seeing the seeing the scores that come through, and sort of pleased to say, I'm you know still. Experiencing, experiencing some very very high speeds you know i'm getting i'm getting over i'm just getting over 100 meg in my front living room which is which is unbelievable really and far faster than far faster than video cell but um are you are you sitting under a cell tower I've got line of sight to yeah. Seltar.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty impressive to uh, you know to, ha- to have that on a regular yeah, basis. Yeah, I think it's
0: about 4 or, five, four or 500 meters away. So, yeah. so it's in, yeah. in it's in under under a good situation but it's, yeah. it's blazingly quick. Um, but but in terms of how that in terms of how that translates day to day, I think the um for me uh, the usability now th- things are just more things are just more instant. Um, i've noticed myself using um tethering more for my laptop yeah um, yep. just because the speed is uh, just because the speed is so much faster when i'm when i'm d- you know doing work and needing to sort of shift high uh, you know high volumes of emails and looking at files and so on and so forth but mm. i think uh, i was in I was in Europe um a couple of weeks ago and not on four g and actually that was the biggest marker for me which was actually no longer having the service and going actually this is a bit slow and
1: also what i've found when i'm roaming with 3g is it just seems that 3g isn't as fast in some parts of the world as as what it is around around new zealand so it's not it's it's you sort of got that double whammy not only of you have been bumped exactly. down to three g when you're roaming you've been bumped down to a really poor version of
0: exactly three
1: I mean, g i think we're we're a little bit sport maybe partly because of our our population size i mean you you would know this actually could yeah. probably tell me much better why there's that that variance yeah. but I tend to notice that when i'm I'm like roaming the, is that the same for
0: you i i mean i think the the, the sort of first point from my perspective is not. All 3G mobile networks, all 4G mobile networks, LTE networks, for that matter, are created equally. You know, there's a there's a huge variation, um, which is which is largely you know dependent on how much uh, sort of capital infrastructure is is put in, and also the amount of load that's on the network. Um, if I th- if I think about my experience, my experiences around the world, um, Europe by and large tends to be pretty slow you know 4g is 4g is available 3g is available but actually um, the you know the quality of that service is poor they tend to have less cell sites per head of population um, less backhauled, so so the amount of the amount of traffic is choked um, coming coming back through the network so everything right. slows down um, the the sort of reverse though if you think you know um, if you think about China um, and and Korea, blazingly quick uh, San Francisco, you know, back to the, you know, back to some of the sort of tech companies. San Francisco is absolutely flying in terms of the speed, but we we perform pretty well when you're looking at that looking at that company. I think um, the jump for us from 3G to 4G as a as a nation was actually smaller than in some other countries, primarily because 3G was performing so well. Mm,
1: yeah, yeah, and I mean, I think you know we often like to sort of pick on you know the the uh provide us around the things that um that that we don't like but um it's not often we recognize we're actually doing all right exactly
0: and i, I take a i take a lot of pride in uh in the in the in the, mo- in the mobile networks that we built we've you know we put a lot of time and effort behind it all
1: yeah yeah well i mean i often hear from people saying oh this you know the ultra fast broadband rollout's taking too long and uh yeah i just usually sort of point my finger over at australia and uh you know tell ask people to have a look at how well they exactly. uh, you know they're they're getting on and um yeah i th- i think um uh yeah you've got you've got to, um yeah you've got to step back a little bit sometimes um now just in terms of the update on uh, on on two degrees for listeners um so what they're saying is that they're going to begin a four g trial on uh, april the first um, and I don't think that's any kind of April Fools' joke. That's the that's the real yeah. story. Um, and then they're going to make it public for uh, for customers in Central Auckland in uh, July. So yeah, it's going to take them uh, some time to to roll out. Um, they're saying that uh their 4G sites in Auckland will uh will will triple triple um will roll out to sort of ro- the wider region by the end of the year uh, mm-hmm. and then availability in uh, uh Hamilton, Wellington and Christchurch is also uh by the end of the year. So it's going to take them a while to sort of ramp yes. ramp this stuff up. Um but I think you know it's 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 fair to say that um Two degrees probably have to be a um, a little bit cautious. Their revenues aren't at the same sort of level as exactly. um, as telecom and 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 Vodafone, and, and uh, I, I, probably I, the way the way they're doing it is is going to be somewhat more, uh, um, yeah, lo- lower cost to probably uh, achieve. Exactly. Yeah, okay. I mean, some other sort I mean, of think, differences as I th- well. I
0: think the investment the investment that they're making is is more measured. Um, I think, by and large, their customer base will have a slightly different set of demands on the network, and it makes sense to actually, you know, delay the investment, but you know, you know, twelve to eighteen months behind ourselves and ourselves and Vodafone. And I think it's more a case of uh, of economics, really. You, you know, you have to make sure that you the, the the customer demand is there; otherwise, it doesn't make sense to to do the build.
1: Yeah, there's. I guess there's also. Um yeah, well, there's a level of yeah. You buy new technology on day one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always going to be a little bit more expensive than it is um, six months, twelve months, eighteen, twenty-four months down the track, right? Exactly, as it becomes yeah. more mainstream. And I mean, I you'd certainly know those economics a <laughs> lot better than I would. Yeah. But uh, um, yeah, I, I imagine that that um, gives them some uh, some some good savings overall. So uh, now, interestingly, um, Microsoft are. Uh, yeah, they've been they've been pretty reasonable about uh, making their their products in recent times sort of available across multiple platforms, and they've moved away from uh, you know being the guys that just had Windows and Mac uh, uh, apps, and uh, you know their uh, their SkyDrive and. And and office and so on have been reasonably broad in terms of their platforms, but one area that they haven't had office on has been on uh, on on tablets, other than on the Microsoft Surface. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and the uh, the rumor a few days ago um, has it that the Microsoft are, uh, are very close to uh, launching Office for the iPad. Is mm. that
0: something you'd use? I think it is for certain office products. Yeah, mm. I um, I still haven't found a better alternative to spreadsheets and Excel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so so when you're looking at when you're looking at numbers, um, that absolutely is my preference. Um, you know, Word is you know Word is still a very good, you know, a very good Word product. I don't <laughs> actually mm, don't know mm. a better way to describe it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I think it may. I think it makes sense. I think it's a reflection of um, you know where the world's going and where where can you know the devices that consumers are using and the devices that consumers want to use those products and services. So I think it makes sense. Um, it would have yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, the interesting uh, news that sort of came well shortly after after those uh, those rumors sort of started uh, landing. Microsoft have invited. Um, some of the media in the US to an event with um, uh, with the new CEO um, Satch Nadella, and uh, he, uh, yeah, they're, they're they're saying this is what he's going to do, and uh, the impact was that uh, Microsoft shares promptly went up by um, yeah five percent or so, and uh, they're now at. Uh, Probably the highest they've been, um, sort of since mm. the the dot com boom of uh, you know late late nineties, uh, early two thousands. Um, I think certainly the highest they've been in probably thirteen or, or fourteen years. So yeah. an interesting uh, bit of a resurgence for Qu- Microsoft. Quiet
0: performers, really. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, um, I, and I, w- I was looking actually in the sort of jan the the announcements in January, the record breaking revenues uh, for the company. So. Um, it's you know whilst they're having you know whilst they're having challenges in certain areas of their core markets they're also clearly doing well in others you know um you know particularly in gaming and 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 cloud they they're they're moving on
1: yeah well interestingly you know the the xbox there which um i mean we just shared some figures last year uh that that were um, uh, that we we came across through some of uh, new zealand's retailers around uh, yeah, pre-orders for the Xbox and the Xbox getting um, um, yeah. Well, it was I think it was five to one in favour of um, the uh, the PlayStation Four at mm. one stage against the the Xbox One. But uh, a lot of those numbers have actually improved a lot for yeah. uh, for for Microsoft and internationally. And I think it was uh, the February figures that uh, were were announced recently. And the Xbox was, was getting very, very close yep. to the, uh, uh, the the PlayStation um, 4 numbers. So, yeah, I don't think Microsoft are, are, are doing too bad. And, uh, yeah, across the business, I think they're um, they're generating some pretty strong profits. Um, they haven't sort of come back to the or, – or, yeah, they, they don't seem to have the same cool factor associated with them as Microsoft or, or Google. But no. if they keep sort of pushing things and uh, keep coming up with, with – uh, interesting products, then um, I guess all that's got to help their uh, help their profile
0: exactly. And I think a good you know a good example of how they are, you know they they're changing as a business. They you know their their revenue composition. Um, I don't I, you know I don't know the exact exact figures, but it must have changed hugely if you rewind uh, versus ten years ago. Um, you know, much more, you know, much more game centric. You know, much less focused around the the sort of ongoing revenue streams around the, the the sort of software licenses, OS licenses, and so on and so forth.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a there's a pretty big mix there. I mean, they make a lot on their sort of the business and enterprise enterprise uh, class sort of products. Uh, they still make huge numbers on on Windows by sheer volumes and of and course, yeah. and, uh, and and Office. These are all sort of you know multi billion dollar uh, businesses for them. Uh, but you know they're uh, they're always um, uh, trying to certainly you know reinvent and stay stay up with the play, and you know all the all the right signs are uh, are there in some areas. But I know there's, there's plenty that I uh, think Microsoft's day is done, mm. and uh, and they're over. But certainly the profits aren't sort of suggesting yeah. that at the moment. So yeah. Uh, now talking of money, um, Kim. dot com he's mm-hmm. uh he's been in the media somewhat uh over over the last uh, over the last uh, few days now um, first up his uh, the app for his his internet party which he's launched has uh, has been approved by apple uh, and uh, this is going to allow people to jump on board um, with his political party and uh, and sign up as members um, Via an app, which is interesting, the first time this has uh, been been done mm. uh, in New Zealand, and uh, there, was a, there was a piece in the Herald saying that uh, uh, Peter Dunn uh, wasn't too pleased because when uh, his party had issues with, uh, with not having enough uh, members, uh, they were advised that they couldn't sign people up online. Mm. Uh, what do you what do you think about
0: this it's, um, it's must I, be must be good bringing I, I, things I, I, forward I into I a think, bit but, more of a digital I, era I, I think by and large it's it's great news i think the sort of digitization of politics and and you know and voting uh can only be a good thing um, you know with you know participation in in a you know electoral electoral voting being so low um, you know particularly around the sort of younger younger audience i think I think this is great um, you know anything that can make it more usable um, you, you know is a good thing. I think the timing might be a little bit unfortunate i can I can feel for for of done uh, given it wasn't wasn 't too long ago, but uh, things have to move on and things have to change sometime
1: yeah yeah now the um one of the other things that um doc dot com 's been in the media for is that uh, um, Orcon is saying they're uh, wrapping up their uh, their kim dot com uh, campaign they 're saying it was extremely uh, successful for them in, in generating uh, new business so that they were i think getting uh, you know seventy percent more uh, uh, sign ups for uh, for internet connections while that was on compared to uh, compared to uh, normal for them, but they're taking his uh, his mug off the uh, off the TV screens and uh, um, yeah, citing really them getting into sort of potentially some legal hot water with uh, yeah, flashing his uh, his photo around oh, while, really? while 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 uh, while he's launching a uh, a political party and the potential to sort of run foul of the electoral commission. Okay. There, um, <laughs> does that make much sense to you? Does that 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 uh, that sound
0: uh, I don't begin to uh, understand politics in uh, uh, in great detail and what what sort of oversteps the mark but um, yeah it, look in interesting um, I've, I've seen a lot of the a lot of the orcon advertising over the over the past two or three weeks and it's certainly got a um, a, a sort of character and a sense of humor that, um, that that's sort of quite quite refreshing in the marketplace I, I do think there's a I do think there's probably a a real blurring of the boundaries between what is business, what is advertising and what is politics that, that probably does need to be resolved. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. it doesn't surprise me.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I mean, certainly the, the profile's there now, isn't it? And uh, there's there's plenty of uh, stories of the past of uh, of people with high profiles, you know, um, in in various ways, whether movie stars or otherwise, that have uh, landed themselves in very good positions in politics. So, mm. uh, you know, at this stage, Kim dot com's not putting you know putting himself forward, um, and isn't in a position to uh, to to get into parliament himself, but. Uh, um, you know, who knows? Jump forward uh, twenty years, and uh, it might be Prime Minister uh, Kim com and uh, the Internet Party that are running uh, running New Zealand.
0: That's an interesting thought.
1: <laughs> So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see. I'm uh, I'm I'm quite fascinated to uh, to see how this progresses yeah, absolutely. and and uh, you know there, there is a potential to sort of draw in maybe a um you know an audience of younger or disenfranchised uh, voters that uh, um you know may uh, may be a bit more excited about voting with uh, with the internet party uh, you know coming through so. We will we will certainly uh, continue to watch that say,
0: one. I dare say there'll be a few twists and turns before it's all before it's all done.
1: Oh, yeah, I, w- <laughs> I would think there'll be a twist and turn um, or, or two to be sure. Yeah. Now, um, I mean, he, he really is all over the media this week, and and actually today. Uh, you know all of the big international media outlets have have picked up uh, this the story I'm just looking at a, at a Bloomberg uh, article uh, here but uh, when when I went through uh, uh, on on Google News um, the the story of um, uh, mega Launch launching uh, on the stock exchange here in New Zealand was uh, was all all over the place. Uh, in fact, here it says that there are uh, there are seventy three uh, news sources on this particular <laughs> article. Business Week, Financial Times. Um, oh, we got the Southland Times thrown in there as well as uh, you know Reuters and um, Radio New Zealand, Reuters India. Uh, so yeah really really all, all all over the uh all over the media uh and, and your podcast and and, and the Tech podcast <laughs> so um yeah so really the um dot com you 've hit the big time this week um, so yeah but but all about the fact that um they're uh, they 've landed themselves on the uh on the stock exchange so quite an an interesting uh, tale Uh, reading from bloomberg.com it says um, um, that Mega will um, um, and this Mega Limited will will buy out the listed shell company TRS Investments Limited uh, in what's being called a reverse takeover um, a deal which will value Mega at um, 210 million New Zealand dollars uh, the company said today. So um, now, yeah, highlights that Kim himself resigned as a director of Mega uh, last August um, to concentrate on fighting his extradition. But um, uh, his wife Mona uh, owns uh, twenty six point five uh, percent of the company, and um, there are various sort of breakdowns from there that you can uh, you can read about online. Now, why do you think he's gone through this process to uh, to get listed? I mean, this seems like a an interesting uh, an interesting way to do it. I would have thought, um, mm. yeah, maybe there would have been enough public interest for him to do a, a you know a more traditional route in terms of initial public offering. Is this a way of sort of uh, uh, lowering the the risk? And do you think he's maybe somewhat or the 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 mega um you know file sharing and file storage service is somewhat uh, safer being a publicly listed company than being one that's uh that's private and more closely maybe tied back to his family
0: well i i it's difficult to say actually without without much detail um i guess i, I guess any listing um Sort of introduces an extra level of sort of governance and and controls and obligations as a as a business, you know, as a as a byproduct of being of being listed. So, um, so I guess that's a that's a step up um, as to why uh, a backdoor entry versus you know a more traditional listing. Uh, couldn 't couldn 't possibly come in mm,
1: i mean it's certainly um, it 's a, it's a quick way to get into that sort of position uh, i mean noting the um, uh, the the legal pressures that have been on uh, you know dot com for some time particularly on on mega upload uh, yeah i 'm quite curious in terms of and i 'm sure there must be this is more than just uh, financial in my in my um you know my first guess of it anyway, mm-hmm. I would think there will be some sort of legal uh, reasons why it makes sense yeah. uh, also for this to be a uh, uh, you know a, a public company but uh, I guess time will, will 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 tell us a little bit more on that on that picture i think so um, but uh I guess that the the thing is wherever dot uh, com goes there 's uh, uh, there are there are waves of one form or another. So um, this this isn't the last. Uh, certainly getting um, plenty of coverage at the moment that we've heard of him Now um, a story I'm am a little more excited about um, than uh, than that listing is uh, Uber. Um, now we've spoken on uh, the podcast before about Uber, uh, San Francisco uh, company. Uh, them and a number of others have, are in the business of reinventing uh, what a what a taxi is, and uh, they've they've done a sort of a soft launch of of sorts. Uh, into uh, into the Auckland market with what uh what what they call um, their, the the stage they call it is uber secret so they're not uh, they 're not out heavily sort of publicizing uh themselves but if we look at what they 've done in other markets uh, such as as sydney and 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 elsewhere around the world. Um, at some stage, they will get out and really blow their uh, blow their trumpet that they're yeah. here, and they'll be sponsoring all sorts of uh, different things, and you'll you'll hear about them probably everywhere. Absolutely, uh, but for now, um, you'll mostly be hearing about them uh, through social media and 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 the like likes of um, the NZ Tech podcast. So um, let me fill you in if you if you're not from for those that aren't familiar. Um, so yeah, Uber was introduced to me last year actually by um, one of the chaps who's been on the podcast before, Steve Sims, um, when I was in San Francisco uh, last year, and he showed me the app, and uh, it's it's very very cool. Um, the the way that it works is you you book your your ride uh, directly via the app, and uh, when you fire up the app, you can see where the various cars. Are that might be nearby to you, so you've got a handle on you know how soon somebody will be able to pick you pick you up. You can get an estimate of what the uh, what the fare will be. So you're, if you're in a different city, uh, that's pretty handy. And I guess one of the uniques about um, Uber for me is, and I know um, I know you've
0: you've you, have you used Uber before? Or is it one of the other ones? I've used Uber. Uh, sorry, Uber and sidecar, sidecar in San Francisco. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, one of the things is when you're when you're traveling. Uh, you don't necessarily, you know, know the number for the local uh, the local cab company. So the concept of one company that's actually, or, or or a few of these types of companies that are actually really widespread around the world, I think, um, is, is certainly great for uh, for travellers. I remember when I used to do a. A lot of traveling and i 'd be you know back and forth with various cities i 'd be always capturing the various taxi numbers and putting them yeah, in exactly. my uh, in, in my contacts but uh, with uber, which i think they 're saying is now in thirty three countries um, then yeah you don 't have to uh, you don 't have to to do that now, um, so the app 's quite good in terms of you know finding uh, finding what's what 's nearby you in terms of cars you don 't have to get out or, or go and uh, uh, call a cab the next bit that is nice. Uh, is that once you've made that booking, uh, you can actually see where the car is that's coming to pick you up. So you know how far it is. You know when to, uh, you know you can if if it's raining or something, you can actually stay inside until the car's sort of close at hand, rather than going you know standing in in the rain or standing you know. Um, Outside, if it's too hot, whatever, um, and you get actually get a picture of who's going to pick you up. You get their name, uh, what their rating is, because you get to rate each each driver after the uh, journey, and you've got that opportunity to contact uh, them, and they can also contact you if, if there's yeah some some issue at their end. Um, so I had this the other day; I was getting picked up uh, in Auckland at uh, at St Luke's, and I could see the cab driver was nearby, and um, because it's a, a big mall area. Um, I thought, well, there's a potential that he doesn't quite know where I am. Yeah. So um, I just clicked on. I thought, oh, should I send him a text? No, I'll give him a call. And uh, his real mobile number comes up, and I was able to call this guy that I've never interacted with before, but I knew his name, and I, you know his number was there. And it, it was great just being able to do that. And he said, oh, just you know, wait such and such. Said, yep, that's where I am. And uh, you know, 20 seconds later, he pulled up, opened the door, and and, and I jumped in and uh yeah a really a really good experience. And when I got out at the other end, um, he um, he obviously pushed something on his phone to say that the journey had ended. He had an opportunity to sort of give me a, a rating and uh, as as I walked up my driveway, um, you know the, the app uh, gave me an option of rating him. Uh, it showed how much the fare had cost i hadn 't had to transact any money sort of physically, uh, so I was able just to you know get out and get going and uh it, you know it just deducted that off my account- a really smooth uh, mm. really smooth experience so um yeah i think it 's definitely a step forward from the uh the old traditional uh taxi ride, and I guess it 's just another industry that 's being
0: um Uh, reinvented with technology i agree I the 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 favorite thing for me actually around the whole thing was that the the sort of social aspect of being able to rate the experience you know we've all had good taxi experiences and bad Mm. taxi experiences and the ability to actually in some way filter for good experiences i thought was I thought it was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it is. And, and, I mean, just also that little sort of the personal aspect and, you know, knowing who your driver is and, um, you know, you, you haven't called and given your name or anything, but, uh, you know, you walk you walk in and, and you're greeted by name and uh, so on. And, and uh, yeah, the, I think the, those sort of um, um, extra aspects that they can bring using the app is really good. What I'm curious about is how this is actually going to, Going to transform, you know, this industry, and I guess for me, one of those the standouts is the fact that I can have an app that I can actually use all over the world. Yeah, uh, and there's are certainly in, I think, um, you know, uh, at least two cities, maybe more in Australia uh, now, and certainly in San Francisco. So a lot of the places I tra- I travel to, they're there already. There, uh, I think, um, yeah, quite a big list of um, of cities already across. Uh, across Asia, um, you know, in, in the Asia-Pacific region as well as Australia, China, India, Korea, Japan, Malaysia, Philippines, Thailand and Taiwan. Now, they're not in all of the cities, obviously, but um, they are getting started. So, for me, I can see that being something that gives them, gives them a whole lot of, uh, you know, a one step up above the competition, just yeah. that they're in all those locations. Uh, but we've got an existing industry here, and lots of people that are employed by uh, our existing uh, yeah taxi firms. Yep. And uh, I mean, we have seen them coming up with apps, and there there are other things happening in that space. Uh, but you know, they've got extra regulations and sort of layers around how they operate. How do you think that's going to transform? You need any any
0: pick on that? Oh, it's an interesting question. Um, I think at a at a. A macro level, um, anything um, that can be done to actually improve the customer experience and the efficiency of of taking taxi rides is is a good thing. I think it would only encourage more taxi rides to take place, and therefore more drivers are required. You know, over a period of time. So, for, from my, from my perspective, I'm not sure. It you know, worrying about that market and the number of drivers declining wouldn't wouldn't be at the top of top of my list. I think, having said that, though, um, different standards around regulation and safety and all the rest of it—you um, know—from relative for traditional taxi companies relative to these new new entrants—I don't think that's fair. If if actually there is, um, it, it is uh, materially disadvantaging the the, the traditional taxi services so i think mm, mm. that has to be kept in check you can't um you can't allow new services to come in that aren't safe or yeah. or uh, you, you know uh, have uh, you know have a uneven playing field so no. i think uh, so that's something think that, that needs to be there's monitored there some
1: issues there at the moment aren't there and i know i think it was japan recently where uh, i think one of the uh, you yeah, know one of the uber drivers was was attacked or was, you know his vehicle was uh, um, yeah, damaged and so on because some of the, the taxi drivers were, were upset about what was happening there Yeah. Um, so at the moment they're certainly taking, taking advantage of probably a few loopholes to get in and, uh, and, and accelerate their position before some of those things close up and there are some some cities certainly in the US uh, and, and elsewhere where uh, Uber just isn't allowed and um, yeah. Las Vegas was, was, was one of those for me recently uh, being there and, uh, and finding oh there's no uber and you you know you you look at the twitter feeds and so on and and everyone you know a lot of people are asking for it
0: exactly uh, yeah. but
1: but but the rules are uh are such i, that I they, mean I, i'm a play.
0: i'm a you know an advocate of innovation and an advocate of technology and i think um you know you can't you can't hold these things back um you know they might not be successful in their in their first incarnation but you know if they're successful around the world for whatever reason there's clearly something there something of value for for you know for the customers or or in this case the sort of taxi suppliers that that represents an improvement over and above what exists today or or preceding it mm. you know so so i i just i love to see all of these things and you know progress and evolve and just see how they play out it's fascinating it's fascinating for me and it's not without pain and it's not mm. you know mm. not without transition but you know hopefully the the sort of end state you know is is an improvement over where, where we've been previously yeah
1: yeah now one of the things that uh you know that, that a lot of online businesses do is uh, you know that they have various sort of rewards if you sign up uh, if you sign up other uh, other people, and uh, you know that can be a, an incentive both for someone new to try them out, and become a customer and an incentive for an existing customer to sort of spread the word yeah. and uh, Uber seem to be doing exactly that, and i 'm sure this is costing them a bomb, but it 's their way of of helping them get out and uh, and promote themselves. Um, You know, with with sort of person-to-person recommendations. So what they do is once you've signed up and used the service, they will give you a code that if you share it with somebody, that person gets a $20 credit to try out the service for free. uh, And the person that shared their code gets... $20 $20 yep. back as well on their account so if anyone wants to try it out um, because I've signed up there will be there will be a link to uh, um, uh, to one of those codes that will uh, will help you if you want to try it out and uh, and will help me so uh, <laughs> um, or you can just go up to their main website and try it out if you uh, if, if you wish and you'll probably find there are other codes online as well so um, yeah however you want to try it but we'll, we'll put a link up there anyway um, alright well those were our Sort of our main uh, new news stories for uh, um, for this week. We've also got um, you know we've had a lot of the new uh, smartphone announcements in conjunction with Mobile World Congress, yep. and we, we've talked about and had some hands on time with the uh, uh, the Galaxy S5 from from Samsung, uh, Sony's new Xperia Z2. Uh, and uh, in the, and since those have gone back i 've been using the uh, uh, on the android side my sort of go to phone uh, in in recent weeks. Uh, well, last last few months, actually, the um, the LG G2, which is 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 uh, sort of somewhere in between the previous generation of devices and this new next yep. generation. Uh, but uh, one company we hadn't heard from is HTC, and uh, apparently, uh, in a few hours' time, we'll be hearing uh, the announcement on their new uh, HTC One Mate or M8. So um, so if you're in- interested in, uh, in keeping up with the very latest, then uh, have a little bit of a look out online, and uh, I'm sure those details will be up there soon. There's already uh, a supposed uh, video leak of uh, uh, of that as well, but uh, it's only, only a few hours away until, uh, until that one launches. Um, but now, Ed, I'm, uh, I'm very keen to hear a little bit more. Now we've got you, uh, got you here pinned down on the show, a little <laughs> bit more about telecom... Uh, uh, digital ventures yeah which is, is where you sit and uh, i mean you 've been involved really in a in a whole bunch of projects and uh digital ventures seems to be um a, a fairly interesting part of a new part of telecom. can you tell us how digital ventures sort of came about and what uh, what its purpose is
0: yeah abso- absolutely so um uh Digital Ventures or TDV, as we as we sort of call it uh, internally, um, really got created in May, April, May last year. Um, so we've you know we've been going about about eight, eight or nine months or so, and and really um, we were given the mandate to create some new growth for telecom in in. Um, uh in either uh, traditional sort of markets and product sets where we're underrepresented so so skinny's a really good uh, good example of um you know mobile prepaid but in in uh in a market you know in auckland and under 35s where we were under represented so
1: so was part of the the digital ventures because that's been around more than eight or nine months
0: hasn't it it has been more around more than eight or, eight or nine months actually that's a slightly longer story so so I, I was i was actually involved um two and a half years now actually with with all of the sort of skinny strategy work so why right. skinny is actually a good example it's done it's it's almost gone full circle so sort of involved in the very early days it, it went off it got uh run run out of the retail business with you know with with some guys there it came full circle and and ended up back within tdv under under me so i've 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 had my baby back for about six months or so great uh, great um and th- and then th- and then so and then in adjacent markets and thinking about other products wh- yeah. which is wh- where you know more of the noise is at the moment we're thinking about actually what are the products and services that are complementary to our traditional fixed and mobile services you know so uh, uh, ott video or, or or show me as 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 it was or about to uh, uh, about to be renamed is a good example of where um you know the access services of fixed broadband, be it fibre, or VDSL or ADSL, or or even mobile, are now getting to the stage where the delivery of video services is is absolutely fine and easy, and and people are doing it on a daily basis, and it really opens up a new opportunity for for media and content in, in New Zealand, and and you know we're. We're giving it going to be giving it a good old go. We see that, that there's yeah. a great opportunity there. Um, you know, other
1: so, so so just sort of look, looking looking at that one. Um, so show me TV or Sparkflix or whatever it's going to yeah. uh, end end up being being called. Um now that's sort of been been touted as a little bit of a uh you know, a Netflix for New Zealand and of course there are some players in the market, QuickFlix and, and the like already that have various offerings. Um what's gonna be yeah, just give us a rundown on on what um show me TV or Sparkflix or whatever it ends up being called um is, is about and I know that you know you, you you haven't uh finished in terms of your announcements but just just a you know a, a run through on sort of the highlights of what it's about
0: so we're we're keeping we're keeping a lot of the detail under wraps for another for another couple of months but um you know just just to sort of repeat um you know what what we've said previously you know um th- 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 the the business the the OTT video business is, is about an internet delivered uh, video and content um, play um, you know both for, for movies and, and TV services we're keeping we're keeping the content lineup and the price points and all of that all of that detail closely under wraps and, and you know the guys uh, you know it's 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 not it's not me who's involved in that but the guys are working furiously hard in getting everything ready for for a, a launch towards the middle of this year.
1: I guess one of the things that's been announced is uh, that you're investing twenty million dollars in this. It, that's for the first fo- year. Is that what that I number is I about? Couldn't possibly come in. But <laughs> uh, that's sort of public information, though, yes. isn't it? That, that yeah. that's that's a sort of committed investment. Yeah. Or is it? Or is, was it not clear whether that was over a period of time? Um, I think that was a, that was part of the annual. Uh, uh, financial sort of you know yeah, results, I, I, so they probably would have been talking in a the, financial year.
0: I think the the reason for the hesitation. I think it was a multi year investment, but I'm okay. not sure over how many years. Okay. the 20 million was was spread. So, okay,
1: because yeah. that's going to make quite a bit of difference, isn't it? Because the amount of money that um, that you can in, invest into content that's really going to be you know a really big key isn't it in terms of you know getting the, the, the great programs that maybe others don't have access to and making those you know available on demand and uh, you know at the moment people get hold of content through a whole lot of mediums but uh, you know traditional tv is certainly uh, lessening uh, but providers like quickflix have struggled because maybe they haven't had deep enough pockets yep. to actually get really the best content um, but I mean, if you guys have got a lot of, you know, you've got a, a, a probably slightly deeper pockets than say uh, Quickflix, who um, you know they don't have the the um, the backing of 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 a of a telecom sort of behind them um, should be able to give you some pretty good content. Is that your your exactly, expectation? Exactly. Look,
0: there's not there's not too much I can say about the detail other than. Um, we're very clear that content is absolutely key in the success of of, of the service, um, and and we need to make sure that we've got an absolutely great content lineup.
1: Right. So you're taking that side of it extremely seriously. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the area that Quickflix has sort of been become, I guess, um, you know, known for in part is that they've they put a lot of effort into getting their apps across a whole lot of a whole lot of platforms so you can you know you can flick on your Xbox your Playstation and um, you know uh, TVs and and so on there's you know a whole broad range of devices that can carry the apps is that part of that you know that chunk I think they said out of the out of the 20 million you know maybe 15 was content the other 5 goes to apps and, and other developments because you've got developers in-house haven't you so that, that they're probably easier in some ways for the, you to develop apps and then some of the others
0: yeah look the, 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 there's a team there's a team in-house developing it will be a ro- it will be a rolling roadmap of mm. of um of capability starting with uh, you know a relatively narrow range of devices that we can serve content to and just build right. and building out over time so right
1: yeah okay okay well We'll uh, we'll look forward to more on that in, in a couple of months, but what yeah, is I mean,
0: watch this space.
1: It's, um, I you know, think it's of interest to to a lot of us, and particularly as faster and, and better internet connections become uh, more accessible, then that obviously becomes more uh, more practical. Uh, and now, other other projects from um, Digital Ventures, we've we've chatted about a, a, a couple already. What are the other things that um, Digital Ventures or, or th- that you've been involved in?
0: um so so the the other um, pieces of uh, or pieces of work or small businesses that i 've been involved in you know clearly skinny, which we 've just mentioned. Um, responsible for the Wi-Fi network which we've been really pleased with how, how that's gone um, you know we're, we're approaching a thousand we're approaching a thousand access points this year we've got well over a hundred thousand regular regular users of the service that's growing every month um, We've So got,
1: you are finding a good strong uptake it's not just you rolled it out and no one's using it? You no are. no
0: absolutely we, we've got 5% um, five, five of sorry the, the data traffic that's going across the wi- Wi-Fi network is equivalent to 5 Percent of the data traffic across the mobile network, so so it's actually quite quite significant over mm-hmm. you know over the last twelve months.
1: And this um, is a free service, isn't it, for most telecom uh, mobile subscribers? Is it, there's sort of a, a level of spend that you've got to have, and once you're above above e- that, was ex- a twenty nine dollar exactly. sort of accounts and and up get that free um,
0: access? Is yeah, so, so it's available on on nineteen dollars nineteen dollars above okay. and above on prepaid and okay. all of all of our postpaid customers, including both our. Consumer and business customers okay um,
1: so it's very broad in terms of it's, access it's,
0: yeah very broad yep. in terms of access non telecom customers are also able to access the service at um, you know nine ninety five per, per month so it's not it's by no means sort of closed to close to non telecom customers right. but it, and but in it's both fun- cases
1: you get that gig worth of data on Absolutely. through the Wi-Fi Absolutely, day. Yeah. yeah okay yeah.
0: okay so it's so that's that's been great um, you know and then and then the other business that that um, I've been quite, quite pleased about and we'll have probably have some more information over the next couple of weeks is Curious, the big data business.
1: Yeah, yeah. Look forward to hearing um, some more on that uh, next week. Now, um, a quick one on the Wi-Fi. How do you measure something like that that, that you've put out? How do you measure whether that's, whether that's successful? Are you, I mean, because you probably can't tie back and say, look, we've won these mobile, uh, new mobile customers because of Wi-Fi. Um, or oh, maybe you can. Maybe you you know you're surveying a, a whole we're doing, lot of users. We're doing a bit but, of work on that. <laughs> um, but but it's you know it it, it is um, you know it's it's hard to know which you know how effective I guess some of those are, uh, initiatives are. What yeah. what do you, how do you do that from look, a business look, perspective?
0: So, so, some of, some of the information's commercially sensitive, mm. but we we do we we've put a reasonable amount of effort in over the last couple of weeks to to really assess. Um, how much value it's adding, because, you, because you're right, on the surface of it, it, it is quite hard to measure, but we think you know we've we, we, we think we've got the analysis right, we've been talking to customers, we've been finding out how important they think Wi-Fi is relative to other buying factors like price or quality of network or um, speed and device choice and so on and so forth, and, and it's coming up surprisingly high up the list. Um we've we've also looked at um sort of sample sets of customer you know, of customers with and without Wi Fi and looking at, you know, things about how much are they using their service, how long are they staying with us and 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 actually the customers that are using the Wi Fi service are showing that actually they are using their services more, they're staying longer and therefore Right, yeah, I guess that is something you can
1: tell. You can tell how sticky those particular customers are versus your average. Uh,
0: uh, Absolutely, absolutely right. So we've been... We've been really surprised actually about how um, well it's been perceived in the market and how much it's actually been used it's been it's blown away our expectations so it's just given us the confidence really to do to do more so we've got some interesting announcements over the next few weeks around further rollout um, so you know more and more coverage and more and more access points great I'll oh, be uh, be interested to hear that now
1: um usage of, of mobile networks is is I guess a bit of a challenge for some of us and, and we we were chatting sort of before we uh before we started and I hope, hope you don't mind me sharing <laughs> it but you, you talked about um you know you you're using sort of five, I think you said five to six um uh, gigs worth you know worth of data a month. Um you part of that is probably a reflection of the role that you're in. Uh, you know that you're trialing these things all the time. As you mentioned, you quite often do speed tests and so on. That uses up a bit of data and so on. Um, but for the you know for the average user, whether it's you know whether we you know just uh, you know have a consumer type account or it's an account paid for by by a business, um, getting access to that sort of level of data. Uh, yeah, isn't the norm, the, the yeah. plans still make that uh, reasonably expensive mm-hmm. I mean how do you pick that, that, that things are going to change over the next sort of 12 to 24 months in terms of uh, yeah, making that sort of use more accessible so we can be a lot more relaxed and, and just decide hey I want to do this and I'm going to do it without having to sort of think about oh what's that going to do to my, um, my data cap or to my bill and, and, yeah. and so on
0: Oh look, I, th- I think it's a. I think it's a really good question. Um, uh, you know, th- probably one of the lesser-known sort of facts around around four G is not only four G not only gives you increased speed, but it also gives you a better better cost structure for for uh, carrying increasing amounts of increasing amounts of data. And so as we as we roll out the mobile network and uh, 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 sorry as we roll mm-hmm. out the 4G coverage and more and more of the data is being transported across 4G over time our co- our cost base to to support that level of data declines right now now the challenge is is at the same time though the amount of data being used on a per per user basis is is growing. At a, it just keeps at a going up, doesn't rate. it? Yeah. So yeah. actually, the amount the amount that customers are paying on a monthly basis is not actually decreasing because the cost is decreasing. the The, the data explosion is actually offset offsetting that data growth. So we have a we have a big challenge, uh, and particularly in my particularly in my previous role, which is how can we cope with ever you know ever increasing data volumes but actually keep the co- keep the cost base and the infrastructure base under control that was mm, mm, you know, mm. probably what I was spending about a third or 40 percent of my time just just trying to work out <laughs> trying to work out how we do it but I, I think the sh- the short answer is over time the amount of data in the, in the bundles at a given price point will increase, but it's just a matter of, of how quickly that how quickly that changes. But it is it is changing. If you think about the amount of value available at a given price point this year versus last year or two years ago or three years ago, actually there's significantly more data available at a, at a given price point.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and uh, I mean some of those you know very basic uh, yeah plans like the nineteen dollar plans. Um, they might not give you a huge amount of data, but compared to where, where we were sort of three or four years ago, um, you know that there's some pretty impressive exactly. little, uh, bundles and so on going on there. Okay, oh uh, well, that's uh, that, that's interesting. And um, big pipe, where does big pipe fit into the picture? Um, not one we've heard a, a huge amount about, but but tell us uh, tell us about this new new one.
0: Yeah, look, Big Pipe is is not is not one of mine. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a guy called Ollie Smith who's who's looking after looking after that business. Um, look, it's f- fascinating from from my perspective. Uh, Ollie and the guys have have done a great job um, building what is a mini ISP. Um, super light you know very very low cost build um almost entirely so, um, self-service or online orientated so super efficient um very very slick sort of online sort of e- e- execution you know no frills um really to hit uh you know a super aggressive price point um We've decided to to do away with um, bundles of bundles of data. So, to right. effect, in effect, they're unlimited, but but you buy based on the speed um, that you're you know that you're interested in purchasing from, you know from a from a slightly thr- throttled speed up to you know up to sort of unrestricted. So, um, we think we've sort of changed the model on its head a little bit actually, and come up with something quite interesting. We're not. Um, we're not marketing hard
1: mm, mm.
0: At, the, at the moment, but the numbers are sort of ticking along, ticking along nicely. And there's a we're in a phase of sort of bedding in, refining the processes, making sure actually the customers who who are joining are su- super happy. We're we're getting a bit more confidence, and then we 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 can you know put a bit more marketing in and look to sort of accelerate that business.
1: Right, right, yeah, because you've got your unlimited. Um, ADS ADSL uh, service seventy nine dollars a month. Um, the VDSL uh, service at at ninety nine dollars a month. Uh, yeah, pretty competitive uh, yeah. uh price points. Now, one thing I you know I have heard, and uh, I know that um, this sort of got brought up on the the Geek Zone site, and I'm not sure if you can comment on it, but um, one of the highlights was that. To go with VDSL through um, uh, through big pipe rather than the traditional method of of um um, the putting in a, a sort of a ADSL or VDSL sort of splitter into the house yep. as it would just sort of be plug in and uh, and see how you go, which mm-hmm. potentially um, uh, yeah, would have the impact of you not getting as good a speed as you might do if that was yep. put in, but it saves you a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other flow on effect is it might affect other customers on the same um, on the same ex- exchange because of the way that that, that, that works with them. Um, the noise across the line and so on. Have you uh, heard about this? No, at all? I haven't. <laughs> okay, okay. And,
0: uh, I'm I'm am a mobile guy through through and through. So I'll all have right. To, well, we'll let you
1: off the hook refer, on that. Refer one. to
0: one of my colleagues. Yeah, but we,
1: we, we'd be quite keen to um, you know just to, I guess to hear hear back on that whether we've okay. got the wrong end of the stick oh, or, or no, whether there not. is in, you know potentially some uh, some impact on uh, on other customers. And I thought that it was uh, um, yeah. It, I mean, it's always interesting to hear of of. You You know, new businesses, new entities doing things a different way. Um, but I was just curious: is is that as bad as it uh, uh, it, it, it I, sounded? Because I mean, the rest of the model for big pipe sounds sounds yeah, really, exactly. really really interesting. But look,
0: I'd be, I I can't I can't confidently no, no. say one way or another. But sure, I'd, sure. I would be surprised I'd be surprised if if we've done something like that that's causing problems. But I'll, yeah. I'll take it away and I'll get Ollie and the and the guys to to take a look. Mm, mm.
1: Okay, no, that's uh, that's good. Well, I think that uh, that just about uh, wraps it up. And unless you've got any other. Uh, um, you know gossip or secrets to tell us about what's happening in the in the telecom uh, world there ed uh
0: no, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nothing that won't get you into any trouble yeah,
0: exactly I yeah, don't right. think well a,
1: after we ter- after we stop recording we can we can probably exactly. discuss those everything uh,
0: i do know probably the, will get me in trouble <laughs> the, the, those
1: other things so um hey been uh, great to have you on the podcast ed and uh now you know Good, good to hear. Um, you know, always good to hear when when I guess a, a, a bigger business and telecom really is at the at, you know at the big end of the scale as far as this country is concerned. But when mm. a, when a bigger business is is um, uh, you know light on its toes and thinking entrepreneurially and 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 really looking at how it can uh, you know serve its at, at its customers in a in a relevant way. Uh, and and it seems to be happening more with bigger businesses than than mm. in the past. And I think you know the internet is a big part of that um, so yeah, we'll certainly be, be keen to keep Good. talking about uh, the things that are coming and out the, of, of digital yeah, ventures oh, now there was one area I did want to pick your brains about actually and, and again it might not be your area but um, um, you're probably in the loop and, and this is around the, um, the digital wallet Sort of yes. side of things, and uh, um, you know we 've tried out the various digital wallets across you know all all the networks uh, in some form over the last uh, last you know couple of years, starting with what uh, uh, two degrees we 're doing w- w- with snapper um, and then a trial from your end and and, and something yep. from Vodafone 's end as well um, how 's that side coming along? There seem to have been some sort of changes in terms of the the Android technology that these things sit on that potentially yep. uh, Impacts it? I know there was there was talk with with um, one of the one of the trials uh, last year. I think it was your one um, that you know would probably be launched. There'd be you know some sort of digital wallet ability for yep. average Joe customer to start making payments uh, using their phone instead of their credit card to to tap and pay, as it were. Yeah. Um, what's happening?
0: Look, good question, and actually, I should have mentioned it mentioned it earlier. Given it's it's one of my projects. But oh, it is okay. <laughs> um, look, the the the, the TSM uh, trusted service manager, which is the JV um, between ourselves, Paymark, Vodafone, and Two Degrees, is go is is trucking along really really well. Okay, um, so we're just entering some testing phases uh, at, at the moment, and we will have services in market later on later on this year. So, so basically, is a um, and those, those services will be offered by um, a, a number of the major existing retail banks today. So, so you will, be, you know, by and large, as a as a customer of one of these banks, you'll be able to pay by, uh, p- sorry, pay via your checking account or your credit card account.
1: Oh, so not just credit account card account. This will be able to do an FPOS. Oh no! So, well, so,
0: so, in the first wave, it will be um, Visa and Mastercard debit card, right? As, appo- right. as opposed to Fpos, but uh, um, we'd like we we'd like to be able to get Fpos working across the services quickly as we as quickly as we can. So. Um, it's taken, um, it's taken a little bit longer than we'd anticipated just by nature of the number of different parties involved. If you think about, um, you know, or the, the mobile operators pay mark and also the retail bank. So it's mm, been a bit more mm. complicated to deliver, but I think ultimately where we're getting to is actually, um, uh, getting to a really great ecosystem of payments um for kiwi you know for kiwis using using their mobile mm, mm. and they don't need to change the bank that and they don't need to change the bank that they're with which so so very much a sort of user-friendly um service and then thinking you know over the slightly longer term actually around non-payment services so you know transport loyalty and so on and so forth mm. um you know I, I could really see a a, a stage where actually your are Mobile wallet actually is you know very important and you can get to mm. start to think about actually i'll leave I'll leave my wallet at home well and it's I'll certainly annoying at the moment the all the
1: all the cards and things that you tend to have to carry around for for various things whether mm. it's yeah public transport or payments or, or as you say sort of the the, the loyalty type uh, you know, cards at the, the supermarket or gas station and so on, so... Exactly. Um, that that would be very nice. Now, um, one of the technologies that that was really, it has been a key, key part in this um, to date, certainly with the, with the trials I've been involved in, is, is the near-field uh, communications yeah. capability, uh, w- you know, w- which is in, you know, I think probably virtually every uh, Android and Windows phone today. Yes. Um, Apple, you know, haven't been playing today, in, that, yeah. in, in that space. Uh, how important is 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 that technology to this at the moment? Is it an essential part to uh, to make it work in terms of the f- where, where things are at the moment?
0: Yeah, I, I, absolutely. The NFC, the NFC technology is is an integral part in in the overall service. Um, there, there are a couple, couple of reasons for that. That you know, the, the probably the number one reason is actually the payment terminals that are in retailers today. Sure, they're they're, they're NFC capable. Any it. any yeah. other technology solution would require a separate, you know, a separate set of t- terminal equipment out there. Mm. The cost of doing that is just is just super super high. Um, you, you know, Apple, the the Apple equation is is something that we're taking seriously. We we know we need a solution for Apple bit you, you know because of their market share we're hopeful um that that you know apple will come around and and ship with n f c but you know there are no no guarantees and no clear signals at all so we're looking at we're looking at some alternates to to get apple working within the within the wider ecosystem so it can be part of it.
1: Okay, okay. Um all right, we'll look forward to hearing a, a little bit more about that uh, further down the track. Um I'm just looking at the time I think well, we've uh, we we've, bro- we've broken our time limit. I, I just wanted to
0: go, I just wanted to sort of round things off with yeah. you. You asked me if there if there was anything else to share and I yeah. I just you know wanted to get a sort of pitch in for telecom that we've um you know we've we've placed a sort of significant amount of um Effort and resource behind digital ventures to to really sort of try and add a wave of innovation um, to to complement the main brand and the main services that that we have and and sort of increasingly now we we really hopeful that we've got a service, you know, a service offering for everyone across the portfolio. So the sort of key takeout for me.
1: Mm, Okay. Well, uh, you know, good luck on on that as you keep doing uh, new things. Uh, Now, in terms of tracking tracking you down or, or digital ventures, Uh, down there's what's the best places there's some uh, social media uh, channels i think there's there's a twitter
0: account there there are and and, and the website there's a twitter account twitter account and uh telecom digital ventures website which um is relatively sort of lightweight so it just gives a gives us provides a bit of an overview of what we do but um you know the, the the main way of getting hold of us would be via twitter or or via email addresses or linkedin
1: Yep, yep. Okay, hey, that's great. Well, um, thank you very much for joining us, Ed. Thank you, Paul. All right. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening in. We'll catch you on the next episode. See ya.